So welcome back to Leaders Consulting, the show that brings you interviews with experts in the trenches, sharing their own perspectives, tips and resources they picked up along the way for your benefit. On today's episode, we're joined by Max Ringelheim. Max, tell me if I've got your surname correct there. I hope I got the pronunciation. You nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. Awesome. There we go. Uh, so Max is a serial entrepreneur originally from Long Island, New York, uh, who also provides sales and marketing consulting services. His work is informed uh, particularly by his own entrepreneurial journey, having previously co-founded several companies, uh, including being part of the team that launched uh, what's I guess called the known as the hoverboard moment movement, uh, which uh, was able to generate over seven figures in sales revenues in less than eight weeks. So it had that viral moment and uh, also resulted in dozens of partnerships with uh, various notable celebrities. So obviously some very unique experiences there. Um, he's also a blogger, content producer himself. Uh, he has his own podcast called One When Going Viral. So Max, it's, uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Jonathan. And I really uh, can't be more grateful if you wanted to invite me on to, to share more about my tips and tricks in the consulting world, for sure, and more about my story. Absolutely. Well, it is definitely an interesting story that we'll get into. Um, but first off, why don't you leave us off with uh, a question we often ask, uh, which we, I'd love to hear uh, your answer to, which is, what's one unique approach to tip strategy that you think other people in consulting should probably know about, and maybe they don't? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, uh, for me, one of the things that have benefited myself uh, in the consulting world would be trying to find different clients that all have some interesting, unique alli alignments uh, amongst one another that can then allow you, know, you as a consultant to basically be able to you know, know pretty confidently that when you're working on a particular task or completing a particular sales deal that you might be actually you know, maybe killing two birds with one stone when that particular task or sales deal converts or completes itself. And um, that's one of the things that has benefited me over the last now two plus years in the consulting world is trying to find these different you know, clients that uh, have alignment to the work that you know, I'm doing presently and not you know, onboarding new clients that might be in left field when you know, you're doing your thing in center field, right? And you've got you know, all of a sudden your brain thinking on two different sort of spectrums uh, more frequently than it needs to be when instead you can actually try and align uh, different client work that you're doing, you know, in one particular direction with these overlapping fields, industries, you know, particular tasks that you're completing, um, et cetera. And so I would say that's uh, one thing that's been a value to me and I've been able to you know, continue successfully in the consulting world, which is not an easy task to do uh, and continue to uh, create, you know, longevity in this space for myself. Yeah, that's interesting. And uh, I'm curious, like, have you found that as time goes on, you start to get a much better or clearer idea of exactly which kinds of clients you want to work with. And sometimes, I guess, you know, like you described, it's, it's the kind of work you do, but oftentimes it's also the type of people that we want to work with as well. And it's something that I've been thinking about actually is, you know, initially it's not necessarily so obvious uh, to yourself to think that, oh, actually this value or this kind of person or, or these sort of people I vibe with really well. Uh, but I'm curious if that's something that's crystallized for, for yourself as well. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the types of people that I enjoy working with um, has certainly bubbled up to the surface. I've been able to identify you know, different types of people that uh, I think you know, mesh well with me and that I similarly mesh well back with them. I think you know one great example of that for me has been working with international clients. Um, so I don't know, you know how many of your listeners ever get the opportunity to work with you know clients that are overseas, but certain things personally get to shine through when you know I'm getting a chance to work with overseas clients. I think you know, number one would be um, as a New Yorker, I'm a I'm a, a very hard worker. You know I know that hustle and bustle attitude. I apply that you know um, at different various points in my life, and I think that type of work ethic really shines through on the international client stage for sure. Um, on top of that, you know, you get to coordinate different times for meetings and such that you know, can align with your schedule. And sometimes times that wouldn't work for them, you know, because that natural time zone difference may not work for yourself. It actually creates some flexibility within you know, the consulting world that consultants naturally look for, right? You have your set times for certain meetings, but you also know that you can't just get bombarded with requests all the time. You may need that free space to be thinking creatively yourself, right? So um, there's different benefits that I've been able to gather from working with different clients abroad. I think uh, at the same token, um, you get sort of a little bit um, of extra breathing room um, to think more creatively and to, you know, take sort of the bull by the horns when you're considered the, you know, quote unquote, boots on the ground for your international client, right? Most of the clients that I work with don't have an international presence here in the States other than Max, right? Other than me. So uh, getting the opportunity to uh, be their guy gives you this extra, you know, as an entrepreneur, breathing room to dictate certain terms, make certain decisions and uh, be able to, you know, feel really confident in those decisions and feel extra, you know, positive fulfillment, utility, knowing, you know, that you can act in that type of sometimes more siloed capacity because you are, you know, their, their own boots on, their only boots on the ground, I should say. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that's a very good point there. And Max, I, I, I'd love for you to also share with our listeners any particular uh, bodies of work that have informed like your career that you know, maybe it might be an author or, or someone that you followed um, that's really had a big impact on the way that you approach uh, the work that you do. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, uh, I think for me, uh, there's one particular book that comes to mind that uh, I think has had an impact on me over the years. Uh, I'd say the uh, uh, the impact now is sort of very just stars aligned interesting for me, um, given the work that I'm doing now with my when going viral business. Um, so the book that I would say is Malcolm Gladwell's um, Tipping Point. You ever read that one? Uh, really well-known, famous book uh, that really talks about how certain concepts, ideas, businesses, groups have you know, gained massive traction, whether for the better or the worse. And the sort of particular moment where these ideas, businesses, organizations, et cetera, tip is as uh, as Malcolm Gladwell describes. And he talks about you know the Beatles in the you know 60s and 70s. He talks about you know Blues Clues in you know the 90s, right? And Sesame Street and how these concepts you know gained this overwhelming amount of traction at their time and place. And uh, that particular book uh, just you know kind of really expanded my mind when I read it. I think you know one of the years while I was in uh, college uh, during the summer. So going back now, a good 12, 13 years ago. Uh, but it's super interesting now to think about that book and the principles and the stories behind it and some of the work that I'm doing with my When Going Viral brand. Um, you know, for your listeners, my business, When Going Viral, is a emerging media brand. And uh, this emerging media brand is designed to essentially be like the leader um, in the world of storytelling, different businesses that have gone viral. Uh, I'm on a mission to really share through storytelling and through different types of media channels these amazing, riveting stories about viral business phenomenons. And it's just kind of interesting, not intentional, but how, you know, 13, 14 years ago, that type of book, you know, I read. And now I'm sort of working on my own media business um, that has interesting um, overlaps with some of the things that Malcolm Gladwell talks about in uh, Tipping Point. So I'd say that book uh, has had some really interesting alignments of late with my life. Um, I'd also throw out there for your listeners, you know, on the reading front, two magazines um, that I think can help, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs, consultants, freelancers, um, you name it. Um, and that would be Inc. Magazine and Fast Company Magazine. Um, those two magazines, um, you know, I've been a reader now for, in the physical copy, to be clear, the physical copy, yeah. uh, not the digital. Right. <laughs> There's something about holding a book or, in particular, uh, Fast Company or Inc. Magazine in my hands, going to a beach with a highlighter and a pen and just marking up the shit out of that, you know, article that I'm reading and jotting down interesting notes. Um, that Those two particular magazines just really uh, spark every time I read um, just interesting thoughts and comments from my side. Um, I have no shame, you know, you know, saying that I bring that pen and, ma and magazine to the beach to, to mark it up, rip out pages from it, save it. Uh, maybe one day I'll find that article because there's some particular insight that I gleaned that day reading it. And um, yeah, those would be two particular uh, pieces of reading that have had a, an impact on my life and, and the consulting work that I do uh, to this day. And um, some of the entrepreneurial work that now I do yeah. to this day. And uh, so I'm curious about those magazines that you mentioned, Inc. And the second one again was? Fast Company. Fast Company. So I'm curious about the value that you get. Is it inspiration? Is it, is it, um, is it, is it certain expertise or, or lessons learned? Or, and, and I'm also curious, like, how, do you, how do you go about uh, like, um, finding the gems in, in, in that information? Yeah. I'm just curious, like, what's your, your process yeah. of skimming? Are you just kind of going through the table of contents and picking out particular themes or topics that are aligned with what you do? Or what's, what's the yeah. best way? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, I mean, and I've turned other readers onto this. So hopefully, yeah. you know, other uh, uh, you know, listeners of yours uh, can you know, go ahead and create a, their subscription. You know, it's only like two bucks a month, I think, for uh, your fast company. So we're not talking about uh, very expensive subscription services here. Um, but you know, my approach uh, with those magazines over the years has been, uh, I'll typically, you know, check out the table of contents, see, you know, some of the different uh, people who have written particular articles in that issue of the magazine, or um, I will uh, star specific subjects, you know, in the table of contents that I know I want to you know, read about. Um, and, you know, it's now been a good eight some odd years, probably, I'd say, and consistently, you know, issue over issue, uh, magazine issue, that is, um, there's always really interesting stuff that they're yeah. covering. Right? Um, and, you know, I think over the years, what I've been able to glean from those magazines has been uh, much smarter entrepreneurs than myself. You know, getting a chance to share interesting insights from their own experiences, whether it's past experience, current experiences, you know, future experiences they're prepping for. Um, and these, you know, entrepreneurs will share really interesting insights about what they're working on or uh, what they, you know, encounters, negative or positive that they've had. That I think each and every time I read these articles, um, I learn something new or I just naturally get a little bit smarter, right? I mean, um, I'm someone who hasn't like gone back for an MBA or anything, right? Like I haven't you know, done much um, continued education after graduating from the University of Buffalo with a business degree. You know, my 
my uh, uh, MBA per se has been me working on different entrepreneurial endeavors, right? And learning by doing. And when I get to read these articles, I, you know, for a, a one minute, five minute, 10 minute long period, as long as it takes me to read the article, feel like I'm getting a chance to be in that writer's, you know, driver's seat of their uh, a particular story that they're sharing at that time. And, um, you know, with that handy highlighter and pen, um, you know, whether it's an awesome quote that I read that they're sharing that then I can reuse um, because it just resonates with me or um, a particular learning that they had or, you know, uh, uh, you know just a mind blowing uh, amount of growth that they experienced, right? Like, I mean, you know, we know that I had my hoverboard experience, which had some amazing growth uh, uh, experiences uh, tied to virality. And then I get to read about other, you know, stories that were similar to that. So I'll just make different notes. And for your audience, you know, what would be really helpful actually is, you know, as I'm reading, uh, if I see uh, a remark made in one of these articles that is related to, you know, one of my education technology clients, I'll start it and just say, you know, Infento, right? Which is one of the clients that I work with on the consulting front. If I, you know, read an article and uh, I see a different, you know, uh, quote that maybe I could use for social media content in the future. I'll just, you know, start it and write, you know, social media next to it, right? And I'll rip it out. And then my team will help me prepackage this information to either, you know, figure out the relevant points of what we're gonna do. We're gonna reach out to the person who wrote this article or did they reference a particular sales lead that was relevant for one of my clients that we can outreach to. Uh, you know, we're gonna use one of these quotes for social media. Um, and I kid you not, I've taken like quotes from uh, certain people and I've created a cool looking graphic around their quote with their headshot. And, you know, those people then like like and reshare, you know, that post. So um, just, you know, cool little creative ways to utilize uh, uh, those those old timely magazines um, yeah. uh, for your benefit. I, I suppose for, for anyone who's looking to eventually uh, be published in one of those uh, magazines as well, it's obviously helpful to familiarize yourself with the format, yeah. et cetera. And, you know, because that way, sure. you know how exactly how you're going to pitch. You know, it will help you when you're trying to pitch, if you try to pitch them, basically. Um, yeah, I get uh, you know, Ink and Fast Company to, to hook me up and get me some uh, guest speaker <laughs> op-eds already, right? So yeah. It's been eight years coming of reading their articles. Yeah. <laughs> time, to, time to write some cool stuff. Absolutely, yeah. My, my wife has a, a subscription to Harvard Business Review, which, yep. you know, fantastic publication. I would say I do find it a little bit dry, though. So, uh, Oh, yeah. No, I, I would uh, tell you that if you haven't read Inc. or Fast Company, both yourself yeah. and your readers or excuse me, listeners today, um, I can promise you it's the furthest thing from dry. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, literally, you know, some of their issues, they, they highlight the top 100 most innovative companies and then sometimes the top most mm. 100 innovative people or creative people uh, or, you know, they'll, they'll just have these really, really um, solid articles to read and I would, uh, I promise you it's the first thing from dry because these, uh, uh, you know, journalists that go into these companies sometimes, right, to interview the CEO or the CMO or the head of growth, whatever it might be, like, they are sitting down with them oftentimes for more than, you know, one or two days to really, like, sink themselves into what this, you know, person does and how they can give readers like myself some fantastic uh, uh, learnings from it. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, and, and staying with, with, uh, with the topic of, um, you know, uh, reading material and bodies of work, I'm curious because obviously you, with your background, uh, you know, the work that you've done around an experience that you've had around viral marketing of sorts, uh, yeah. I'm curious to know what you think about uh, Ryan Holiday's book uh, that was published back in the day called Trust Me, I'm Lying, Confessions of a Media Manipulator. Uh, for those not familiar with it, it's, um, it's a book that basically describes everything that, uh, you know, someone trying to do, trying to basically manipulate media in a sense to uh, create more publicity around something that they're launching. Um, so yeah. some of the examples he gave was, uh, you know, actual uh, book launches where they deliberately uh, fabricated uh, sort of controversy and things like that to create like a big splash. So I'm curious, obviously, uh, you know, from your viewpoint, I'm very, very curious to see how you, how you see a book like that. Yeah, no, I mean, so without having read the book, but getting a sense of where you're coming from mm -hmm. with that you know, remark, um, I mean, I can tell you like, you know, two things personally, right? Like I, uh, uh, you know, my first business that I launched at college was uh, a company called Vonvo.com. It was kind of like a, uh, an alternative news medium, you know, for people to express and speak their minds and talk about topics that mattered in like really awesome virtual event type settings, um, video chat rooms, maybe one could call it. And I've always, you know, personally had a huge love-hate relationship with the mainstream media because like uh, the predetermined bias, right, was one of the main reasons why I decided to start this first uh, company uh, because, you know, stories get manipulated, right? And then shitty stories get covered that have no meaning in society and no one really needs to know much about, right, when there's so many more important things that are going on. So that's a, a little bit of an aside, but gives you a sense of maybe where I'll be going with my answer to, you know, your book that you're talking about, which sounds a little bit more present day. Um, you know, in the world of social media and in the world of, you know, growth hacking and such, I mean, there's no way, there's no doubt that there's uh, tricks to the trade and such. Um, there was, you know, one particular Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma, which I'm not sure if you saw mm -hmm. uh, yeah. on Netflix that, you know, really talked about uh, how there's oftentimes so much negativity that gets, you know, 
exposed and that, you know, whether it's children or teens or adolescents or young adults, you know, get exposed to because of, you know, some of the you know ridiculous stuff that might go viral, that might captivate millions of eyeballs and, you know, in the world of like fake news, right? Like fake news that might get manipulated and spread like wildfire. And I can't, um, you know, stress enough how much like that annoys me, right? Like I, I don't want to see a society that, you know, uh, gets, you know, either fabricated topics, fabricated uh, news articles, um, you know, predetermined bias, you know, that's just, you know, going viral or gaining mass attraction for the wrong reasons. Like, you know, I'm a, a good hearted person. I would not want you know, people to be deceived you know, by that type of stuff, right? So um, that particular documentary, which maybe, you know, has some similar offshoots to this book you're referring to, you know, there might be some interesting overlaps between the two, it sounds like, um, you know, I definitely uh, am never a proponent of that, right? I want to see uh, amazing, beautiful, positive, you know, things gain that type of traction, right? And gain those types of eyeballs to hopefully, you know, have a, a more positive impact um, on society and, you know, allow more people to, um, you know, maybe take action on things that they care about that they can, like, determine they care about because all of a sudden millions of people you know, get really excited about it. And, you know, in my particular instance with viral marketing, like it was involving business and it was involving a product that people just fell in love with, just like how I fell in love with it. And my co-founders fell in love with it when we, you know, came across it, right? The hoverboard captivated millions of eyeballs because it was something no one had ever seen before. And uh, there was, you know, uh, amazing um, uh, traction behind it because people wanted it for the holidays, for birthdays, you name it. And, uh, you know, people being successful in business by uh, creating awesome businesses and products that can then gain viral traction that, you know, have a positive emotional impact on people. Like I think our hoverboard did until they started exploding and people started breaking their elbows on the shitty knockoffs from China, um, which is another topic for another day, unless your listeners want to know about that. But, yeah. um, you know, that ultimately, uh, uh, I can say, you know, was exciting to, to be able to experience that type of viral traction and have that type of, you know, positive impact on, um, you know, plenty more people that were very excited and happy about receiving a hoverboard versus the handful of people that, you know, unfortunately uh, might have hurt themselves, you know, falling off one when they were not taught how to use it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, so obviously, you know, you went through this experience, you had this product that had this viral moment and you went through a very, you had to learn a lot through that, that period. Yeah. And obviously what you're doing now is helping others that, have, that are, yeah. you know, going through those same moments themselves. Uh, what are like some really common, um, you know, surprises or, or things that people weren't expecting when it comes to, because obviously everyone's like a lot of people trying to build products or trying to, um, you know, they're trying to get into as many hands as possible and so on, uh, but they're not always prepared for when yeah. something like that really happens when it catches the zeitgeist or some for influencer sure. of some sort. Tell, tell us about you know, your experience and how you've, how you've parlayed that into sort of helping people prepare others. Uh, Absolutely. For that. Yeah. It's a great question. I'm really glad you asked. Thank you for uh, asking such a, uh, a question I'm deeply passionate about. Mm. Uh, so, you know, from my side, um, after going through the hoverboard experience and seeing our business go viral, it was called Funky Duck. Um, after seeing Funky Duck go viral and seeing you know, the massive traction that we experienced positively, but then the negative downfall that cratered and literally and figuratively crashed and burned the entire industry of hoverboards back in 2015 and early 2016, I felt back in 2016 empowered as a 25 year old at the time, to pay this experience forward to other aspiring entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and to share my story and the lessons learned, which were dozens upon dozens upon dozens of lessons learned with the broader business community so that they can learn from these mistakes that we made. Um, obviously, plenty of good things that we made decisions on as well, but also mistakes that cratered the whole industry. And so, you know, that evolved into me writing a you know 70 page long book outline and blogging and podcasting where I really found my strength was in the public speaking world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started creating these amazing workshops that people, aspiring entrepreneurs, consultants, executives, you name it, anyone in the business community can benefit from by hearing my story and what I basically do is put audience members in the driver's seat of starting this company, Funky Duck, and take them month by month on the journey of launching this business. And when I get the mission critical moments in the story, I leave them on a cliffhanger. And I put them in my shoes, where they have to go ahead and answer these super challenging questions that are facing our business mm -hmm. at that point in time. And uh, obviously, towards the end of the presentation, obviously, people share their answers that they come up with. I give them feedback. We wrap up with the lessons learned and the takeaways and all that good, beautiful stuff. Um, but what this workshop and what my story then does, and what I continue to do as I advise other companies, consultants, entrepreneurs, is what I try to convey through this workshop is there are serious factors that entrepreneurs must consider prior to just hoping and wishing and dreaming that they go viral, right? Because if the proper planning is not conducted prior to experience that viral traction, 
you can jeopardize your entire business, right? And that's exactly what happened with us during the hoverboard. And so I'm really, really passionate about paying that particular lesson learned forward, right? Which is uh, you've got to be prepared prior to just hoping and wishing and dreaming that you go viral, that your business ex you know, experiences mass attraction because um, you, know, you can really face some of the negative downfalls that we experience and you can face some of those punches in the gut that we experience that I would hate to see other entrepreneurs make those same mistakes, right? And so if I can have others experience, you know, my story, I can prevent, you know, these entrepreneurs from making, uh, you know, these multi-million dollar mistakes that could downfall their business, right? And hopefully that uh, sheds some light on what, you know, I'm passionate about and answer your question. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I'm curious about this, this workshop, you know, design of yours. So it sounds like a sort of uh, choose your own journey, right? Uh, yeah. And basically towards the end, uh, if I'm following correctly, you're sort of leaving people in a cliffhanger and posing a question that they then come up with their own determination. And then you, you wrap it up with sort of the final outcome or? Of course, yeah. I, yeah. I allow the audience to obviously see how my business transfolded, yeah. right? It unfolded, yeah. um, and what the you know, final results were and everything, um, all the amazing lessons learned and takeaways from it. Um, you know, I can uh, have my workshop be centered around specific topics, right? Of interest that a particular business or community is interested in, right? So, you know, whether that's how to do business with China and manage your inventory properly or how to go viral and gain viral traction, but control that traction properly, right? I have different uh, subjects all underpinned by my uh, hoverboard story that I can speak on. And, you know, to your point, right, when I put these audience members in a position to answer these really challenging questions that are facing the business, you're correct. They're more or less choosing what pathway they want to go down, right? And uh, they're then able to you know, try and think really strategically, like based on what they know in the story up until that point, what direction they want to take with it, right, as a group, right? Because they divide them up into breakout groups and they get to really think methodically what and how, you know, decisions they want to choose. And, um, you know, ultimately by them getting a chance to think really creatively in circumstances that they might never in their life Get a chance to experience right like working with the kardashians or you know, being on modern family or you know all these different really interesting experiences that we experience with funky duck and hoverboard then allows them to you know for the first time think in that kind of manner and uh, i believe there's something really really powerful in that uh not just for them but i get personal fulfillment getting to know that i'm educating these individuals and uh paying my lessons learned forward to them through my story and that's really uh powerful for me and part of why i do what i do right now yeah and um if we go back to you know the, the experiences that you've had um I feel comfortable asking you this question, Max, because you, you seem to be pretty transparent. But what, what was your biggest mistake when it came to you know when when you, your 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 hoverboard company went you know ten x and so forth? What are things where you went, oh no, you know I should have I should have done this? And yeah, absolutely, it's a great question. Um, I mean, how long do you got? Where do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, you know, if I could, uh, you know, I already I already chimed in on you know having the proper preparation before you know going viral, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that can mean a lot of different things for each each business. Um, I would say in the hoverboard example. Um, you know, one, I'll give you a, a handful, right? Just that your listeners can kind of, you know, hear the extent to how wildly crazy this story is. Um, yeah. It's pretty, a really remarkable one. I mean, number one would be, uh, make sure you have enough inventory on hand uh, mm -hmm. prior to, you know, working with um, A-list celebrities. We're not talking about D-listers or C-listers, like A-list celebrities. Um, I can give you another one that I think would be very helpful to your audience members, you know, when you're in the world of e-commerce and you're trying to gain viral traction, you know, our team, unfortunately, didn't take fraud, online fraud, right? Serious enough. And uh, that had major repercussions. Negative ones, that is, right? Uh, mm -hmm. For our business. And, um, you know, I wish, wish, wish we would have uh, been ahead of the eight ball and ahead of the curve um, on how profound, you know, online fraud can be for viral businesses. Um, yeah. People understand that um, if you're gaining viral traction, not only good people are following your business and tracking you, but, you know, uh, a lot of fraudulent negative people, right, um, who don't mean well, yeah. also uh, latch on to you. And that can, if you're a small company, um, give you some real major headaches. So um, I think those would be two really great examples um, of, you know, negatives and uh, punches to the gut that we felt that um, I wish uh, we could have, you know, uh, done better on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think I may have mentioned this story to you before, but some people I know, um, you know, had a Kickstarter. And like you say, there are nefarious, uh, you know, individuals or, or organizations out there that simply they, they literally just try and spot, you know, companies who haven't filed their, their copyright for their brand name. Mm -hmm. And they will, you know, and then I think it was, it was uh, someone in China that just basically registered their brands. So they had to just completely rebrand after having a, a successful Kickstarter. So there are people who deliberately just kind of monitor successful Kickstarter campaigns and then they just go after them. It's, yeah. it's so evil. There's another one I came across recently. It's maybe less, you know, maybe less related to this particular topic, but um uh, images uh, that you find on Creative Commons uh, sometimes mm -hmm. have slightly, uh, you know, complex uh, 
attribu- attribution attribute. Well, you have to attribute them. You basically have to say, you know, this photo was taken by such and such. And there's, yeah. uh, there's a chap, I think he's in Germany, and he uh, literally um, uploads photos to Creative Commons deliberately uh, in order to catch people out with, uh, you know, the copyright thing. And so even if they take down the images or they then attribute him, he sends lawyers after them. And, and he makes a whole business out of it. He, has, he actually outsources the work to photographers to go and take pictures of just very common things that people search for so that he can go after them with lawyers. It's crazy that people actually have, there's a whole business industry, you know. But you wouldn't know that without going through an experience like that, yeah. like you described. No, no, yeah. I, uh, I definitely uh, feel you on that. It's the first I'm hearing of, of that, but it doesn't shock me. Um, but, you know, at the same time, uh, you live and you learn and you get a chance to, you know, choose new things that you can work on each and every day, each and every month, each and every year that um, can hopefully, you know, inspire you to try and do better and uh, progress, you know, yourself forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great, Max. So, so finally, uh, just as you know, we, we come to the end of, of our, our interview here. Um, can you tell the audience more about where they can find out about, you know, your, your upcoming projects? You know, you've got, uh, you know, your podcast, you've got a lot of things on the go at the moment. So I'd love for you for you to just uh, tell us about that. Totally. Yeah. So um, right now I would say uh, my team and I, we're really proactively creating a lot of new social media content. So we'd love for any of your listeners um, to follow me on social media. Um, it's just at Max Ringelheim, um, just first and last name. Uh, that's R-I-N as in Nancy, G-E-L-H-E-I-M as in Max. Um, so Max Ringelheim on social media. Um, and then my business on social media is at When Going Viral. So just those three simple wor- words, uh, When Going Viral. I uh, would love for your audience to follow me on social media. We're creating a lot of new awesome content. I'm attempting to grow and build my own personal brand, given my stories and advice that I have to share that I'm passionate about sharing. Um, and then, you know, you can check out whengoingviral.com. Uh, you go to that website, you'll see all the details about, you know, awesome workshops I've done in the past regarding my story and details about it. Um, so definitely check me out there. Um, you're also welcome to reach me over email. Um, just my first name, dot last name at Gmail. So uh, feel free to reach out. Uh, you know, say that you came through uh, the Leaders of Consulting podcast, right? And we'd love to uh, uh, chat with you. Um, I promise you I'm a very friendly individual. I'm very much so passionate about uh, providing as much insights and advice to aspiring consultants, entrepreneurs, you name it, um, as I can. So it's something that I do on a day-to-day and would love to speak with any one of your audience members if they heard anything today that uh, they felt was interesting or uh, would like additional advice. Excellent. I love the memorability of your brand. You know, I could just imagine myself, you know, maybe a couple of years from now, I'm, I'm working with something that just goes viral all of a sudden. I'm like, wait, what was that? Oh, you know, when going viral. All right. Then I'll, then I'll be able to think <laughs> you out again. That's great. All right. So Max, uh, thanks so much for coming on and sharing all your insights and wisdom with us. It's been a pleasure and just great to have you on the show. Yeah, no, you're so welcome. And uh, thank you, Jonathan. Say hi. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, uh, taking the time to interview me today. And uh, really appreciate it. It was awesome. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. And uh, can't wait to see what might come from this and continue our uh, relationship and dialogue in the future. So thank you so, so much for the time. Truly appreciate it. Pleasure is mine. Cheers. Awesome. Recording stopped. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you could give us a five-star rating. You can do that on Spotify at the top of the show listing or on Apple Podcasts if you scroll down to the reviews and ratings section. It literally takes one minute and helps others determine the quality of the show.